0: Serial killers are everywhere. They're on podcasts, TV shows, movies, books. The world just can't get enough of these little freaks. And for every killer, there are dozens of competent, qualified experts ready to talk about them. That's not us. We don't know anything. So instead, let us take you on a rapid-fire guide of some of history's more interesting killers so that the next time you need your true crime fix, you'll know just what to look for in more competent podcasts. Hello and welcome to the Hoke Poke Pod, the show where we explore this strange and unusual. Really, we're just two idiots poking things we don't understand. So join us as we dare to ask the questions that nobody wants answered, such as, how much would you sell a corpse for? Murder? Can it make you an entrepreneur? And a serial killer's still bad people if they murder bad people. I'm Erica. And I'm Emily. And this episode, we're going to kill it. (laughs) Yeah we are <laughs> Yeah, this is a little contents page. You can peruse these potential historical serial killers and then go investigate them at your leisure. We won't be giving you that much information about them. <laughs> We're not that thoroughly researched, and we are by no means experts in anything.
1: No, we're really selling ourselves <laughs> <at
0: this point. laughs> Let's keep listening. Please keep listening. And it'll be fun, I promise.
1: But we will give you a comedic take of some uh, killers from 1500s, 1600s, and the
0: 1800s. Yeah, we're going to do chronologically across, I guess, kind of like 300 years. Mm-hmm. And we're going to start with old Christman Genepetienga. Love it. So he was a little German serial killer in the 1500s and he lived in a cave. Um, Wow, this just gets (laughs) better and better, really? And he would lure people into the cave or like highway rob them and then he would uh, kill them and take them into the cave and like skin them and all the fun normal serial killer stuff. (laughs) And he kept a list of the people he killed, like a diary. And he killed over his life. 964 people.
1: So he kept all of their names on paper. Well, so, I didn't know all their names, but he kept like a daily yeah. log. Oh, my God. Right? Like when someone's like stranded and they make a daily yeah. like tally. So he just like, and then eventually
0: like um he, he had this woman that he'd kept trapped in the cave and eventually she got out and brought the police back to the cave and they found just like bodies on bodies on bodies in the cave. And then they arrested him and they spent nine days torturing him because it, it was the 1600s, 1500s. Yeah, and they tortured him on a big wheel for nine days, and then eventually he died. On the wheel? But, yeah, on the wheel. And then it, But he's, he's one of his last sort of notable requests was that he really wished he'd made it to 1,000 kills.
1: Wow, even, he's really going to die on that hill, literally. Literally going to die on that hill. And he
0: was 56 kills off, 46 kills off.
1: Wow, and considering so
0: he—that sounds like a lot of murder—but considering he did over nine hundred murders, that is not that much. That is kind of frustrating for him.
1: Wait, so what was his forte? He just trapped them in the
0: cave. Um, yeah, just kill them. There's not. <laughs> There's not. <laughs> There's not an insane amount of uh, reputable information on this guy, but also, yeah. I probably didn't look that far. <laughs> So we're just guessing at this point. So, yeah, but he, 964 is the number yeah. of kills. Um, and, and he was kind of one of the first big serial killers in like recorded modern wow. history, I suppose.
1: So it was kind of started out as a little hobby when he was a kid yeah. and turned into a full-blown full, like He lived in a cave.
0: Like he, that was his whole life. He was not He was a cave dweller. He didn't have a job. You know what I mean? All these serial killers nowadays have nine to fives and that obviously takes up a lot of their time. This Wait, guy was fully dedicated to murder. He lived in a cave. <laughs> okay. You're laughing over there. like
1: you're not I, taking my point seriously. I have tears running down my face right now. <laughs>
0: I feel like it's really important
1: to say we do not condone serial killing. Oh, yes. But that being said, some of these stories from, like, 1600s are absolutely, like, just, wow, some people had some big issues back then. Yeah, I see that I mean, have issues hard, now. You know, my like- God.
0: <laughs> That's true. That life was hard. You know what I mean, and yeah. and but you, you know what, Christman <laughs> Ginepateanga did pretty good for himself. That's killer number one. All right, that's killer number one.
1: Well, killer number two is my personal favorite. Ooh. We've got a Catherine Mon Vassuwan. I love female
0: killer. Yeah, I same. know. I'm gonna
1: say I'm gonna say it's one of the first. That's definitely incorrect. Do not <laughs> quote me on that. Um, <laughs> AKA La Vassuwan. France's murderous fortune teller. Years active, 1660s to 1679. Kills, 1,000 stop 2,500. Approximately. Stop. So This is an approximate. I,
0: I was so impressed with Chrisman Genepetienga. Yeah, I know. He almost reached 1,000. She just smeared the form of him.
1: I'm just wondering, is it because she's a woman? <laughs> Women are better. <laughs>
0: in every respect. No, they're just underrated. I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> I knew it, she did more murders because she was a woman and women are inherently more competent.
1: <laughs> no, it's just the history says that women's accomplishments <laughs> no, it's not an accomplishment. <laughs> oh my god, edit that out
0: <laughs> women's women's work is underappreciated.
1: Yeah. Well, this is more to do with poison. So yes. let's let's just get into it, okay? Catherine controlled a wide network of fortune tellers from her position in Parisian society. So she provided poison, abortion, aphrodisiacs, arranged black masses, and even claimed to offer magical services. What's a black mass?
0: Is it like an evil church I think it's a Satanistic. Yeah, yeah. Satan's church service. Yeah,
1: Satan's church. So she provided both. Normal
0: church service, Normal church service, and same same. Church service and abortions, you on her. She was very open-minded. And what was the last one? Uh, magical services. Yeah, yeah
1: magical services. Okay. She had a knack for palm reading and face reading, which is when you read the lines of people's faces and tell them, Their prophecies. I haven't
0: heard of that. Let's bring that
1: up. So rich ladies would come from all over to get their like wrinkles read, basically, and Mm. interpreted. She was a herbalist and she was also a
0: midwife. So this woman is This is what I mean by serial killers holding down nine-to-fives. Look at Catherine. She's working. (laughs) That's got to be seven days a week, like multiple-hour days, and she's still killing 600 people. Oh, there's more.
1: 2,000 people? Yep, 2,000. There's more. So she tricked the church into thinking that her black magic skills were bestowed upon her by God to help people. So she used psychology and her own faith to get through this, just being like, my black magic is... It's here to to help, apparently. So her most expensive service employed the help of priests, some of whom were her lovers, others who had debts they needed to settle in order to keep their own mistresses comfortable, to perform satanic rituals in the catacombs underneath her home. <laughs> <gasps> yes. So this is a bit dark. She had a constant supply of sacrifices because there are a lot of women who had babies out of wedlock.
0: Mm, naturally, and
1: didn't want oh. them. Yeah,
0: oh. yeah. Okay,
1: and couldn't afford a scandal okay. of the time.
0: Mm, yeah,
1: yeah, mm. yeah. Or mm. raise them on seventeenth-century Paris streets. No. So it has not been confirmed that these were what the sacrifices were, but it is highly implied. Okay. This is what people. This is what was said. Pieces fall into place. Pieces fall into place. So. She was getting a lot of work for fortune-telling amongst the satanic rituals in her basement, basically. Um, she couldn't handle all the fortune-telling requests from ladies of the court, so she'd contract work out to other women with talents in the dark arts, making an elaborate network of fortune-tellers and alchemists. Scheme.
0: Yes, yes, this woman is doing everything.
1: She's the first pyramid scheme. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. So she,
1: one of the things that she's known most for is that she almost poisoned King Louis XIV with a love potion that was meant for his mistress at the hand of another jealous mistress, and the aforementioned mistress died shortly after their romance began. Wow! So she was only, what, six degrees of separation. She was like one degree of separation away from poisoning King Louis XIV. Jesus. It's a big deal. A lot of mistresses, I have to say. Uh, that's, like
0: no, that's how they happen. An
1: official, a formal.
0: Yeah, no, French court was like that.
1: Yeah. Mm. Interesting. Mm. Interesting. So, well, there you go. I learned that. <laughs> One of the things I learned. So, this affairs of the poison scandal that I was talking about. So, it rocked French nobility in the 17th century. Mm-hmm. So, it was basically, I think there was just a lot of poisonings and it was being investigated. A lot of people were just kind of being headhunted. It was kind of like a witch hunt. Yeah. But for yeah. but For poisoning. poisoning, I guess. So with this new bit of information revealed, Catherine was destined to burn at the stake for witchcraft. Her death to set an example for the women of the court and the necromancers and fortune tellers doing business in Paris. It's believed she helped poison over a 1,000 people and some speculate she killed over 2,500 Infants in her ceremonies. Oh, my God. That's, that's a lot of be- – that
0: can't be correct.
1: I don't think it is. That it's speculation. That cannot be correct.
0: Like, I'm not good at maths, but that would mean, like, one a day for, like, what, five years? Yeah. And she was only 40 at this what, point. What, 10 years? No, that's just, like, phys- like physically impossible. Yeah. yeah. Let's say
1: – let's just say that – Maybe she killed a lot of people. We don't people. know what ages for sure. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So she was sentenced to a fiery death in 1680, at just 40 years old. But she didn't go quietly. She was shouting at the crowd as yes. they were literally lighting her on fire. Yes. She was cursing the families of each of the men responsible for her verdict.
0: Wow. So were
1: they cursed for life? Don't know,
0: but that's the story. I mean, the French monarchy didn't sort of do too well. Yeah, so she mean. might have cursed it,
1: but that's the story of Love for Swan. Well. I love that. Yeah. Like entrepreneur, philanthropist. I know she killed people,
0: but <laughs> no, she did kill people and they were probably not all bad people.
1: No, I think a lot of it was to do with like husbands with mistresses and like cheating and scandals yeah. and like.
0: I mean, it actually, like I think she's a lot in common with our third Yeah, okay. Killer. So we're going to like still in the 1600s. And this is Julia Tafana. So she was in Rome Mm -hmm. and she too used poison as her uh, weapon of choice. Wow, popular time for poison. It was. Well, I also think for for women particularly poison was like an an option that wasn't going to maybe immediately get you arrested. Yeah. You know, it can be subtle. Um, So yeah, Julia Tafana very famously uh, created and sold this elixir called Aqua Tafana. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, also known as, like, the Manor of St. Nicholas. I want to have a little picture of St. Nicholas on it. Like Santa? No. <laughs> <laughs> like, like the saint. Although I guess, like, <laughs> I mean, I don't know what's it's... <laughs> <laughs> like... <laughs> like the St. Nicholas. But then I guess, I mean, I didn't really know it was St. Nicholas. St. Nick, yeah, but I don't think it was the same Santa... A religious saint whose name was Nicholas. Whether that's the same Saint Nick that Santa comes from, I don't know.
1: Oh, my God. It's a conspiracy. Santa <laughs> Santa is conspiring with the serial killers. You heard it here first.
0: <laughs> but in very much the same thing. So she had this shop mm-hmm. um, and, this, this, and she would sell this aqua to her own elixir, for mm. women to buy. But in reality, it was, it was poison, a very carefully concocted oh poison God. containing arsenic, lead, maybe some belladonna. Um, and she would give these women instructions on how to slowly administer the poison. Like, start with two drops for two weeks, then out to three drops. Oh, my God. To their husband's <gasps> food. It's always the husband. And over oh the God. course of weeks, this would make the husbands really slowly sicker yep. and sicker. And they would die. Yeah. And because it was in such trace amounts over such a long time, it wouldn't show up in any autopsies. Wow doctors didn't really like couldn't diagnose it as poison and so these women would get away with it oh my god and so she started with a little shop there's they they think maybe her mom taught her how to do this and then she was like much like uh, our french lady yeah she was like i have got too much business i need to start (laughs) expanding so she created a little network Oh my god! And she taught other pe- yeah, she taught other people this recipe, and they go went out and sold it. And she had kind of a happier ending because she never got caught. Is this feminism? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Again, not condoning, not condoning, murder,
0: but she never got caught.
1: She never got caught. So some
0: of the people in her network and she
1: ran a successful pyramid scheme. I mean, that's just.
0: I know. That never happens. <laughs> so her estimated death toll is, is closer to 600. Jeez. Wow. Um, but not at her own hand, right, because she just sold yeah, it. Yeah, that was that was everyone else selling it. Interesting. And so she never actually physically murdered anyone. Yeah. She just let women murder people.
1: Right. But she was a distributor, so.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, mm. like, kind of right on, right, Julia? <laughs> Julia and Catherine. Oh my God. How many women do
1: you know how many women were employed in this network? There was about
0: six for sure confirmed in the network. Yeah. So a tight group, you know what yeah. I mean? They probably had brunch and hung out and stuff. Um <laughs> <laughs> was this shop called
1: like the elixir of death or something? Or like Well no, because
0: they 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 covered it up. That's why they put Saint Nicholas on it. Oh. So that women could pretend it was just like like prayer ointment. So that it wasn't suspicious, wasn't suspicious. Oh
1: my god. Yeah. That's Wow, yeah, I didn't know about that at all.
0: I know. These are some very
1: creative and very dramatic serial killers. Like, yes. Very, Um, I want to say inspiring. I'm really not going to use that word.
0: <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like enough of these Ted Bundys, enough of these like... <laughs> Slasher. <laughs> like, like these modern serial killers. Like let's back it out. Serial killer roots as a society.
1: Mmm. Mm. Mm. <laughs> I don't think we're selling this not condoning thing, but um, are we... Up next, we have Pierre and Marie Martin. Oh,
0: yes.
1: Also France and a.k.a. the Red Inn murderers. Years active, 1805 to 1830. Ooh. So they killed between those years. Kills, one, question mark, 250, question mark? Ooh. No one knows.
0: I love it when they don't know how many people yeah. are killed. It's a mystery, but they're still listed as like serial killers there's a lot of that actually especially with historical killers like we've actually can verify very few sort of precise numbers of these serial killers
1: but these people so i don't know how i don't know how to pronounce this hotel the (laughs) i'm sure
0: that's going on
1: (laughs) Um this hotel still exists today. It offers accommodation, free parking and free Wi-Fi amongst other good amenities. Yes, but it was once home to robbery, murder, thieves, and stews made of body parts.
0: Yes, cannibals. Yeah, here we go.
1: So from 1805 to 1831, the inn was owned by previously poor farmers, I guess not anymore, Pierre and Marie Martin. <laughs> <laughs> so besides owning the inn, the Martins also acted as paid henchmen for the nobility, so they were ultra royalists. Oh, yeah, yeah. Political group that existed between eighteen fifteen to eighteen thirty. So oh, yeah, this
0: was an interesting group, interesting time in France's history. Yes, that's for a different topic. There, that is definitely a different topic. <laughs> you, you stumbled basically my Oh
1: theory. yeah, I knew. I was like French Revolution. Here we go, Erica. So they became enemies of the new post French Revolution regime because mm-hmm. they were post. um Sorry, because they were ultra royalists. So basically, they just started murdering. <laughs> it, all, it all, started like politically, or just for <laughs> just, fun or just to for let some steam off. I think so. See, um, uh, I I also uh, didn't really do a lot of research about no, this that one. Is the kind of the point and of the episode? You rang the doorbell right as I was mid typing out this <laughs> sentence, so it says it all started with the murder. Oh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, that's that you just recreated you perfectly the first murder.
1: Exactly. Just <laughs> dead straight away. So, but fast forward some murders, some arrest, not being proved, yep. going back to running this murderous hotel. So, there were witnesses. They accused the trio, which was Pierre, Marie, and Jean Rochette, <laughs> <laughs> of up to 50 murders, assault, and cannibalism. They that's claimed yes. that Marie used. Body parts in her stews that she made for her customers that and that hands had been seen stewing in her cooking pots and like floating in the <laughs> in the pot and blood-stained walls and sheets had been seen around the hotel. Some reported smelling foul smoke often coming from the inn's chimneys. Others claimed that the Martins burned the bodies of their victims in their bread ovens and then made bread, I suppose. I don't Ooh, know. I don't
0: know if that would make the bread look good.
1: But back in this day, hearsay was still permitted as evidence at the time due to the Napoleonic Code. Oh, yeah. And so they were hung outside their inn, ironically. Ooh, I kind of
0: like that. Drama.
1: Yeah, which I think there was heaps of murders yet that they weren't ever proved from, but I think there was one.
0: Confirmed. Well, there must have been one confirmed, There was something confirmed. Yeah. Again, I didn't finish that sentence. <laughs> not qualified. No, if you, if that's the thing. If you want to hear more about these murderers, look you them can, up. You can go look them up. Look yeah. them up. Also, I just do it to say I could listen to you trying to pronounce French names for an entire <laughs> podcast. I love jean it. Va jean
1: <laughs> <laughs> I just remembered us in Paris and the way you used to pronounce things. And I'm like, okay, Channel Erica. Channel Erica. <laughs> oh, God, I hope not. <laughs> you sounded so convincing. <laughs> So we, we've, got the, we've got the fortune teller poisoner. We've had the crazy murderous
0: innkeepers making hand stew. Yeah, we've had Chrisman Gennepetinga, the German cave-dwelling <laughs> mass murderer. We've got Julia Tofana, the other poison maker in Rome. And this brings us to our last mm-hmm. little snapshot of a murderer. These two are probably pretty famous, probably our most famous on the list, mm-hmm. and that is Edinburgh's own Burke and mm. Hare. Burke and Hare. Now, they have been the product of a lot of, like, films and plays and stuff about their exploits, but essentially, they were in Edinburgh, and in 1828, the story is, (laughs) Burke ran a, like, an inn, like a lodging house. Yeah. And someone died. Oh. In the lodging house, just sort of, of natural causes. Right. And they didn't know what to do with the body, so he called up his friend, and he was like, what do I do with the body? And he's like, oh, so you can sell it (laughs) to the, to the, like science the doctors right and there was a lot of really strict rules about who could be donated to the doctors to be autopsied mm. it could basically only be like criminals or people who had committed suicide yeah right okay so they found this doctor and were like wait like this is a body do you want it, it was like yeah i'll give you seven pounds for it and then how were much like, was
1: that when was this 1800s yeah
0: 1828
1: eight seven pounds i wonder how much that would have been now
0: I don't know. <laughs> Let's say a million, a million. dollary dues. No, it wasn't that much. Like, it was it was a pretty, it was a, you know, a nice bit of money, but it mm-hmm. wasn't crazy. Anyway, and then Burke and Hair were like, hey, that was actually a pretty easy way to get some money. <laughs> Entrepreneurial. Mm. <laughs> so they started, the story goes they started strangling people. Oh, my God. Okay, um, that escalated. And... <laughs> and selling them to this same doctor. Oh, my God. Who didn't really ask questions. Like, this doctor was kind of like, keep the bodies coming. I'm not going to ask where you get them from. Yeah, they just keep
1: dying in your hotel, apparently, Um, your lodge. Mm.
0: And then apparently after a few, I guess, maybe the strangulation marks kept looking, like, suspicious. (laughs) So (laughs) apparently Burke invented this, like, way of, like, compressing someone's chest (gasps) until they, like, stopped breathing. Oh, my God. Uh, And it would look very, like not necessarily, you couldn't necessarily tell a cause of death from oh that. Oh, God. And so they would do that and they would just sell the bodies. Yeah, and they became known, they killed about 16 people, oh which isn't that impressive, but it was 16 people over the course of 10 months. Yeah. So, that, yeah. Once they really discovered month, this crime, right? they were like, hey, let's just keep it going. How
1: did they pick these people out, do you know, just like off the I street? Think predominantly
0: it was just people who came on the lodge, stayed at the oh, lodge oh and my homeless God. people. Oh, no. Um. <laughs> Oh but Berkenhead busted and mm-hmm. killed, and this is kind of the fun bit mm-hmm. about their story. Oh, love it! Is they like <laughs> nacified his skeleton? Like there's there's a word for it. Like they took all the meat off his bone, like
1: um skinned him, or yeah, uh, they deboned they
0: yeah. de- 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 him.
1: They, they took all the the meat <laughs> off his so they, they got his skeleton made him a skeleton yeah they got okay. his
0: skeleton out <laughs> i know there's like a proper word for that but i'm totally blanking
1: we're we're unqualified it's fine please continue they got
0: his i'm pretty sure it was his skeleton out um and displayed it at the medical museum <laughs> H- and for i think it was burke they skinned him and they mm. turned and they turned his skin into a book Oh, is that still exists? It's still displayed. <gasps> I went and saw it at the Edinburgh um, at the Edinburgh Surgery Museum. It's still displayed. You can go and, and it's check made of out skin? Burke's flesh in does, a book. Does it look like skin? No, it looks it's leather. I mean, that's what <laughs> that's what leather is. I don't right? know what's worse. <laughs> so you can go. This is what I love. These two guys kill people in the name of science. I mean, it was the name of a quick buck, I guess.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, true. Yeah. But. Then, but we don't know what scientific discoveries were made off the back of these. Murders, no, there I was a necessity
0: for for autopsies and for corpses. Don't yeah. kill people to get them. But <laughs> is grave robbing a crime? A Question. Look, that's true. I mean, like legally, yeah, it is. But but
1: <laughs> it's also just very unsightly <laughs> to Ethically, go to a cemetery with just coffins,
0: corpses. Why do we need them? Anyways, that that's a little rundown of five underrated historical mm, killers.
1: Very underrated.
0: Yeah, and if you want to learn more about them, go do it. <laughs> not here, but somewhere else. Just
1: go to Wikipedia. <laughs> I guarantee the figures and the dates will be more accurate. <laughs> more
0: accurate than whatever we came up with. But
1: what we it's, it's still 100% real what we found. It's not made up. Oh, so. and I
0: actually do need to make an honourable mention. So talking about mm. historical serial killers, mm-hmm. I feel like anyone who, who has any interest in that, is going to go, well, like, why didn't you mention H.H. Holmes and Mm, his famous murder hotel? Yes. He was my favorite historical serial killer. Mm -hmm. He made a booby trapped hotel. I started to research it more thoroughly for the podcast Mm -hmm. and I discovered it's not real. (laughs) Wait, what? It's not real. It's straight up not real. H.H. Holmes was a real guy who probably killed a couple of people Yeah. But predominantly because he was a fraudster and he was scamming people for money. Yeah. And he killed people who got in his way or threatened to reveal him. Anyone that he was – I think he's killed about seven people. Yeah. And all seven people were people he knew very well. Yeah. And were friends or colleagues or acquaintances of his. He owned a piece of property, but it was never a murder hotel. It was a shop and then it was – empty real estate on top that he was eventually going to turn into, like, lodging and never did. Where did this story come from then? So when he got arrested, the new, he basically lied about a bunch of it. He wrote a bunch of, like, huh. baloney in a diary and, like, gave like sold it to the press. And yeah. he was a scam artist. Like, this is what he did. And a bunch of newspapers caught wind and elaborated on those stories, and there's no evidence for any of it. Oh my God. I know. I have gone my whole life loving H.H. H. Holmes and never really, like, I guess, bothering to fact check it. Because he's like the most famous historical serial yeah. killer. Like, I've played games based on him. Like, my sh- TV shows do episodes based on him. He's, it, it's not real. It's he was the guy. Like, like, he was a murderer. Yeah. But he didn't make a sick, booby trapped house.
1: Oh my God. Do you feel like your life is lined
0: now? A little bit. I'm like, <laughs> What else do I have I believed is a cool fact and is actually not? Just, just a lie. Just a media. Just a
1: normal murderer. <laughs> just a
0: regular guy who kills people. Like,
1: how <laughs> boring.
0: I know. So, anyway, if you're listening, you're like, why didn't you do H.H. H. Holmes? It's because he. it's a lie. He was just a regular murderer. Wow.
1: It is interesting how, though, it makes me think with serial killers, they do live in infamy and they almost become, because we have You know, people memorialize as heroes, and then you've got the opposite of that, but they still have a lot of public attention. You know, like there's the skeletons on um, display, yeah. The skeletons on display, and then you've got a book made of skin, yeah. But I, that's the same because I saw, I think, in one of my cases, or it was one that I came across, is that someone's head is like on display Mm -hmm. in like a museum who was a serial killer. It just makes, it,
0: I don't know, it just
1: makes me think.
0: I mean, it is interesting I and mean, I think we actually, we're, we're going to do modern serial killers mm. for this episode um, and I think in the research process I think that was something that we we decided against in the end because I think there is this weird tension between mm. like it, it, you are glorifying something that people genuinely were killed over. Yeah. And I think especially when you're looking at modern mm. murderers and serial killers like... They still a family of the victims are out there. Like yeah. those people are still potentially profiting off their fame. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I think it's a tricky area. Whereas when you're back to the 1500s, obviously you have that huge buffer of it's <laughs> multiple hundreds of years. Quite quite a buffer. And yeah, it's, so I think it's a lot yeah. easier to look back and go like, oh, is not this fascinating and interesting? Yeah. Without necessarily having that that tension between. Yeah i are, are you you know yeah. sort of sensationalizing something that people have actively lived through and and it's true yeah
1: and i think when it, when it comes to things that are in historical record that you know i don't think there's a bunch of textbooks at the library about <laughs> The, no. the murderous fortune teller no. like, and if
0: they are it's about fucking H.H. Holmes like, is yeah. even, he didn't even deserve <laughs> He's not even it real. he didn't even do anything interesting like oh my and God. that's not to say that interesting murderers deserve fame <laughs> but it is to say that like <laughs> it was uh, I don't know like it was an interesting I'm so bummed about H.H. Holmes <laughs> so bummed about H.H. Holmes debunked this Completely has become like debunked. Mythbusters I was so ready to talk about him on this podcast yeah. episode yeah and I couldn't have to scrap them. Oh my gosh. And add that German cave killer instead. <laughs> well, the cave killer was was pretty out there. <laughs> he was very out there. And i have never heard of him before, which is.
1: Yeah. Does a nice it? Bit of and story. I feel like it kind of means that sometimes we can make up these, fan- you know, and like some of the figures I had, like 2,500 infant deaths yeah, or something. It's like, not. it's we make up these fantastical figures. And then it kind of, you know, blends its way through folklore because it's like this sounds really dramatic, and oh my god, like have you heard this?
0: I think folklore is a good word for it. I think yeah. I think once you're a certain uh, time, a certain amount of time has passed, it, it does become more folklore than history, yeah. Um, especially when it's these sensationalist murders, And yeah. I think there's a. There there is something I guess you lose from that in terms of like credibility and reliability but I think you gain a lot from it and just the fact that it sort of embeds itself in yeah. culture and it becomes like this spooky like boogeyman. Yeah. It's and I think that's where the fun of it comes from. It is like this boogeyman from yeah. history and and you're far enough away from it that it's it's fun and not scary.
1: Yeah. And not like oh this person's still on the loose. Like yeah. which yeah, terrifyingly. Yeah, I came across a few, and I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to exit this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: That's yeah. not. That's not fun.
0: <laughs>
1: we want to keep it lighthearted, but that's our take on true crime.
0: Yeah, that's it's- probably we're probably not going to do true, true crime again. I don't think so. Enjoy it.
1: Yeah, enjoy it while <laughs> it's here because it's not going to be here much longer. <laughs> <laughs> and um, for any true crime enthusiasts out there sorry for butchering your craft also not sorry <laughs>
0: no we have pointed people in your direction hey yeah maybe look at 15th century crime
1: I know, you know? it's it is a it is a um gold untapped, mine.
0: untapped market oh
1: my goodness some mm. of the stories in there
0: and we have but opened the door <laughs> clumsily and there's some dents <laughs> and we had to shove a lot of it open but the door is open for more experienced people to pass through yeah
1: You are welcome. (laughs) (laughs) This has been the Hoke Poke Pod. I'm Emily. And I'm Erica. We'll see you next time. (laughs)
0: you've reached the end of the episode. Thank you so much for listening and if you like what you've heard, it would be fantastic if you could rate us or leave a review.
1: Or better yet, show us to some of your friends. Get the word out there about this spooky little podcast.
0: If you want to know more about us or this episode, you can visit our website to thehokepokepod.com.au.
1: We post updates, links, episodes and any references we've mentioned, you'll be able to find them right there.
0: We'd like to say a huge thank you to Gianno Timble for the amazing graphics and art that he's made for the podcast as well as our undying appreciation to Robert P. Kelly, our marvellous and ever-patient editor we love you rob and finally if you'd like to contact us you can send us an email at hokepokepod at gmail.com we'd love to hear from you feedback episode suggestions whatever takes your fancy we will be there
1: thank you so much for the support and we'll catch you next time
0: bye, bye.